Hi, I'm Janessa McKenzie, the brand human, and I help entrepreneurs gain the mindset, messaging, and visibility to unapologetically show up and build their brands. So how do you build your brand from the inside out? This is the Elevate Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. This is Janessa, and I'm here today with Natasha Bazilovich. Tell me if I butchered that again, Natasha. No, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha is joining us from Ukraine. So she's up very late today and she is a business skills trainer and a speaker and she inspires and teaches small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs to give powerful presentations, build strong habits and achieve audacious goals. Amazing. Welcome, Natasha. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you, Janessa. This is my honor, and I'm so, so excited, even though it's after midnight. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you and to your audience. I know. You are up late tonight. I'm very glad that you made the time to do this. So tell us a little bit more about you. Okay. Well, like you said, I'm from Ukraine, but I was born in the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist anymore, but... Uh, yes, I lived in, uh, was born and lived till I was 12 in the city of Murmansk. That's very close. That's like 70 miles from Norway, from the border with Norway. Oh. And uh, it's an interesting city. We had the polar lights. It's all way back there beyond there. Uh, I lived in Murmansk and I was brought up there in the Soviet Union. And what's interesting is my dad was the the party the communist party leader and he was like promoting this ideology and then then we moved and the soviet union collapsed and so my dad he had to change his thinking and start start looking for other ways of earning money because in the soviet union see uh, entrepreneurship it was almost like a sin it was a taboo and it was shameful to make money like this to have a business because everybody had to be working, working class. And so uh, when my dad tried to do business with his relatives, with several of my uncles, he failed. He didn't really try too hard. He (laughs) failed. And then he kept saying that, well, it's just not in my blood. I am not an entrepreneur, so it's not in our family. I just kept hearing this Mm. over and over when when he came home, and that was a really difficult time. We didn't have enough money. We were eating kind of very plain food. I mean, we didn't starve, but Mm. food was really plain and all of that scarcity. And, of course, my parents, they did their best, and they put food on the table. But still, we could feel this. And this thought, I'm not an entrepreneur. It's not in my blood. We don't mm-hmm. have the entrepreneurial blood. It, it, it was so much in my head. It just stuck in my head. And I lived with that thought for a very long time that, no, I can't do business. I can't become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I had to fight that belief. It was that limiting belief, definitely, yes. that kept telling me, no, you can't. You just have to work and earn just that little money that you can. No, you can't think big. You can't go far. So I had to overcome that. And then eventually it was four years ago, five years ago, 
already that I decided that I want to create something bigger, do something more than I've been doing. And uh, the inspiration came from my student. It was unexpected. She inspired me to start a school for teaching English to the Chinese students. And I found several investors and I created a US-based corporation. I actually registered a a company in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching English to the Chinese students. So we started really slow. And I thought that it would be this really cool, successful school and very fast. But of course, that didn't happen. And the first year, we were really struggling. I spent all the money of my investors and I thought that I I just failed. So that's it. Mm. But then, of course, I just had to pivot. I had to change my thinking and to move from the idea of just having a school of teaching English, me and several other teachers. No, I I will start also teaching the business skills that I I have been doing this for 13 years already, teaching business skills, but mainly offline in the classroom. So I decided that I can also do the online teaching of business skills and create courses. And that's what I started doing. So pivoting, understanding that that failure is not the end, that after crying, on my friend's shoulder, that was horrible. We, we were preparing a meeting for, for our colleagues, for all the teachers that were working with us in this company. And I realized that I'm failing big time. And I just started crying and telling her, do something about it. They're coming. They can't see me crying. I need to inspire <laughs> them. I'm the owner of the company. I have to inspire them. So she said it's going to be okay. We understood that, yeah, we'll overcome that. And we did. We overcame. And we started growing and every year gaining more and more profit and getting out of that debt. So it's, yeah, pivoting and understanding that our limiting beliefs can really kill the dream. And we yeah. should definitely get out of that poisonous thinking helped me move forward and see actually see my genius because now I understand it much more clearly than before. Wow. That's a great story. (laughs) That's a great story. And and especially, you know, when you, when it comes to knowing that your dream was bigger than the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That you just needed, you needed to see the solution. So it was really just a, a matter of what kind of questions were you asking yourself instead of, you know, why, why is this happening to me? Why can't I mm-hmm. do these things? It was more, you know, what can I do? What will work? What, you know, what kind of things could we add to this school that would benefit the people that we do have and more? Um, you know, it's always asking the forward thinking questions that help so much. And a lot of people, I believe, get stuck in those, you know, why questions, why can't I, why is this, Mm -hmm. or, you know, and kind of the blame game of, you know, it's everyone else's fault. It it happened because of this, like their circumstances and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, most of us are trained to think that way from the time we're small, just like you were, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it, 
it takes a lot of self-reflection and inner self-development sometimes to, or, you know, I'm sure that you did that, but also in your case that you also, like I said, your dream, like you was bigger and it was almost like, I can't stop Mm -hmm. because, or I won't stop because I know what kind of gifts I can give to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's that moment when you have to understand, you have to realize that the plan that you had, that that one vision has to be changed. And it's okay because yes, yeah. we have that business plan or we have this idea, but there is a point when we need to realize that it's not in stone, that it's not the most important thing that I cannot change. If this fails, then just don't give up and just keep going. Think how you can change this vision, do something different, but keep going to that dream. Because yes, yes, that that big dream that that I have, and it's connected with changing the education world Mm. and the, the education for women in Muslim countries and also for women and children in Africa in several mm. countries that's connected with my, with oh, a different story. <laughs> there are so many stories. <laughs> this, yeah. So my big dream is actually change, even change the way education is done in some Muslim countries and mm. uh, bring more education in Africa. I know that there are a lot of people who are already doing it and I'm supporting a person who is building a school in one of countries in Africa. And also I've been teaching um, as a volunteer, I've been teaching, uh, I was going to say teachers. No, they were basically girls. She was a 20 year old in Afghanistan, these Mm. Muslim girls. And, uh, oh, she was an incredible young woman. She had so many dreams and so smart and so talented. She wanted to change her country. And we became really good friends, but then she got married. She had her children. And her husband didn't want her to continue her education. So it it all stopped. Her dreams just stopped. And I still Uh hope and dream that she'll be able to continue learning and going. But that's a totally different world when they could not show their faces to us. She sneaked a picture of herself to me. And I could see her face, but we could only speak audio when we were teaching them. So. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I really hope that someday every, you know, woman, girl, child, doesn't matter, you know, who really any, every single human on the face of the earth can have the education and the dreams and the beliefs, you know, that they want to have Yeah. And without interruption, you know, no, you know, I, I mean, you know, I know every country is different and every country has their, their own customs and their own you know beliefs and their own religions and which is great too for everyone to have diversity right but when it comes but at the same time yeah they should not kill dreams (laughs) exactly yes we don't want to kill dreams and we don't want to kill somebody's you know uh, option to have those dreams or even just education to you know, just have the education, period. Just yeah. the right because to have the education. Yeah, because what is education? It's freedom. It gives you the opportunities. It 
it helps you, yes, learn and grow. But if you don't have the education, then you don't even know what you can do and what you can achieve. That's right. why it's, it's killing me. It's just such a, such a pain all the time. Even the education systems uh, in the United States, in Europe, when I look at what's going on and how children are just being tested by, by the test that somebody wrote. And then when I read these tests and all these exercises, these tasks, you know, during the exam, I read them and I see flaws and the mistakes in there. And I'm thinking some kind of a professor or whoever he was, he was creating these tests and they're basically ruining children's lives when these kids don't answer the question, which can be answered in three different ways. Yeah. And oh, oh, this is such a big topic. And <laughs> this is another one of my passions. I just, I just hate what's going on in the world of education. Maybe this pandemic actually can help to change it a little bit because now it's yeah. a little bit more individualized. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're all learning from home. But I know what you mean because, you know, like the math that they teach now, here mm-hmm. in the U.S. anyways, it, my daughter had come up and asked me for help with her homework one night and I... And I mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, you just, you know, here, you, here's how, you know, like, here's how you would do this. And she's like, no, that's mm-hmm. not how my teacher taught me. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, well, how did your teacher teach you? And she showed me and I'm like, what, what is that? <laughs> Isn't, aren't we supposed to be working smarter and not harder? Like, what is that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They ha- and they need these kids to answer and do it exactly that way. Well, there are so many other ways. Just be more creative. Why yeah. is so... Oh. Yeah, she was like, well, my teacher will be mad if I don't do it this way. So then have your teacher call me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I totally understand that. So tell me more about <laughs> the public speaking. How did you get you know, into that oh. realm of... Oh, yes. So public speaking is one of my favorites. I think it's my absolute favorite skill to teach because I started doing these public um, these business skills mm-hmm. about 12, 13 years ago. And mostly people who would come to me, they would request public speaking, presentation skills, public speaking, because they understood that they needed it in their life, in their work, business, finding a job, going to interviews, even just communicating with friends and being more persuasive. They knew that public speaking is something they want to develop. So I had to teach it every year. We would repeat the same program, the same program. Sometimes the same students would come and I would teach them. Well, I say students, but basically these would be executives, top managers, because Mm. we were teaching adults. And public speaking, they would request it. And that's why now I feel that I love it so much. I can talk about it forever. So you will have to stop me. Okay. (laughs) Public speaking is my favorite topic. How I got into that. First of all, I have to say that I used to be really shy. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, actually, my friends, they would say, oh, when will you stop being so shy? (laughs) My teachers, they didn't really even notice me. Because there were so many cases when I start remembering these moments, because I did a lot of that life map, you know, life timeline, when you analyze your life and think it's a very good self-awareness exercise. So I remembered so many moments in my childhood before I was even 10, 12 years old, because there was still in Murmansk uh, there in Russia. Mm. I remember when 
we had to perform, we had to choose a role and perform some kind of a play. And they dreamed about being that one character and the teacher didn't pick me. Then I remember <laughs> we had some kind of a competition and we needed to uh, show off our class in the school concerts. And I came up to the teacher and I said, oh, you know, I can sing this song. And she, I remember these two teachers standing there looking down at me, you know, from head to toe. And I was like, no, you know, it's okay. It's, no. We don't need that song. And then just these smiles and they looked at each other. It's like, uh, I, I, I remember these no's, you know, these rejections. Yeah. And they never thought of me that as being somebody really outstanding and maybe interesting enough. I guess maybe that's what I looked like. But then things changed. What's interesting, I moved to a different place and that kind of helped me create this new, like a blank sheet. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody really knew that previous reputation. It's almost like I started it over and I was this new girl from a bigger city that came into a smaller town and knew English really well. And she was growing all the time. I was pretty ambitious. I wanted to learn. And so teachers started seeing something in me mm. and they started inviting me, giving me more tasks, responsibilities. And then actually I ended up giving a speech at my graduation party. So I was the only person who was speaking on behalf of all the students in front of not really the whole school, but there were all the teachers and parents and all the graduates mm -hmm. there. And I remember standing there looking into people's eyes and feeling this amazing thrill and thinking, wow, this power is yeah. incredible. Like I was nervous, definitely. Everybody's yeah. nervous yeah. while speaking in public, but I was standing there looking at them and it's almost like I was getting all that energy from those people and at the same time giving them my energy. But yeah. it's like I was feeding off that energy from them and I could feel that power and I knew that I want this more. That was the very beginning of this addiction when yeah. I <laughs> knew that public speaking can be very addictive and when you realize that you can influence people, you can inspire people, you can change people's lives if you speak to them, if, if you give them a powerful message, it can be wow incredible and yeah that's an unbelievable feeling yeah and i'm sure a lot of people thinking about just hearing the words public speaking they cringe yes. you know and but this is a great other perspective on it that you know that it is powerful it's not powerful meaning like you have the power well, i mean you do mm -hmm. I mean, i'm not mm -hmm. in a negative way you know it's more like it's powerful because you can transform, you can change people's lives, you can help them see something in a different light, you can teach yeah. them new knowledge, all of these things. And, you know, it's not about you getting up there, yeah. which no. is what we, you know, is what the fear helps us focus on is just us going uh -huh. there. Oh my gosh, we're going to be the center of attention and all these people are going to be looking at us. Yes. <laughs> yes they are. 
Mm-hmm. But, See, but this is great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they're also going to be listening to every word you say. And it's really not even about looking at you. It's about hearing you. Yes. And see, so many people are afraid of this, of public speaking. Mm. Why? Because people are thinking, and it was the same with me. It's when you are thinking too much about yourself. If you think that this is about you, then of course you will be afraid. Yes. Of course, you'll be standing there and thinking, oh, they're looking at me. Oh, how's my hair? Oh, I will make a mistake. Oh, I'll forget. And then it will fail. And then they will not like me. And they will judge me and reject me. That's why people are afraid. That's yes. why people have this fear of public speaking. Because we all have nervousness and it's normal. We should be nervous. It's good. I'll tell you later why it's good. But okay. let me get back <laughs> to this. To this, It's not about me. <laughs> And when yeah. we realize that it's, it's not about me when I'm standing there, it's about the audience, it's about those people who I came to speak to or whatever. It doesn't have to be on the stage. It can be just a meeting, a presentation, or that live, that video that you're creating. When we realize that it's not about me, it's about them, then we forget about this fear. We'll still have the nervousness, which is good, but we'll forget about that fear because we'll think about those other people. And yes, when I say power, I for sure mean not, you know, me being powerful and, oh, yes, yes. now I'll, I'll get something for me. No, this is, this is just like a bonus that you get. You just feel powerful because, because you impact other people's lives. So you feel this it's rewarding to you so you feel inspired it's like it's like back and forth you know like yeah. i give energy and i get energy from yeah. people and then like a dance. I feel, yes and then i feel empowered i empower others and then i feel empowered and that's why i again get another strength more energy and then i can give it again so it's like yeah. this circle yeah. but as soon as i understand it's not about me it's about them and it, it's humbling and it yes. reminds you that you are there to give. I, I have my little piece of paper. I tell everybody. I have a little sticky note mm-hmm. on my desk, uh, just in front of my desk there. And it says, it's not about you. It's, it's not about me. I'm here to give. I'm here to give. And yeah. I just have to remind myself every day about that. And yeah. And it's funny. And I think that, you know, gets in the way of a lot of things, not just public speaking, but because we're so human, (laughs) for lack of better words, right? Yeah. Well, it's hard for us to be vulnerable for one thing, but even so it's, um, you know, we get stuck in our own heads about, you know, our businesses or, what we're saying, how we're saying it, like what our marketing looks like, what our business pages, websites, all of those things, what they look like to everybody else. And Mm -hmm. yes, while you are serving clients, while you are serving customers, serving your audience, you know, and, and those things are all about them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they really, I mean, they, care to a point with like you know when there's psychology behind a whole bunch of different things you know when it comes to visuals when it comes Mm -hmm. to you know like your colors and your fonts and your website and how it's laid out and all of those things but honestly they care about 
them. <laughs> they care about them. Them, themselves, they, of course. Yeah, they want to know what you can do for them. That's it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what can you do for them? Tell them what you can do for them. Exactly. Yeah, and we get so, you know, oh my gosh, I don't know what to post today. Just post <laughs> something. Post yeah. something. Like it, it, How can you help them? Perfect. Yeah. How yeah. can you help them today? Yeah, exactly. And it could yes. be the silliest little thing. Like I learned that the hard way, you know, like I kind of went over my audience's head a little bit sometimes and mm-hmm. they weren't, I wasn't meeting them where they were at, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you realize you, you know, where you are is not where your audience is. Your audience is a few steps behind you. So mm-hmm. you need, and then getting your mindset, you know, back to, back to that few steps behind again, so that you can help them from where they are. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's what's power right there. That's powerful. Yeah. Like, yes. You can pull them up with you. Mm-hmm. And, and know that you helped at least even just one person, you help them have breakthrough or understand something or change something in their life. Just, just this oh, realization that you impacted somebody's life. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's like complete joy and bliss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So let me go back to this. I started saying nervousness and I repeated yes. it several times. So I want to, to close that loop. So, so nervous. It's normal. And why I'm saying this, I'm sure people heard this, maybe you heard this in your audience too, why it's really good to be nervous before we speak. And sometimes people are saying even it's good that we have this fear of public speaking. Basically, it's good that we are nervous before we speak. Mm. Because first of all, it's good because this is an important event. It Mm. just shows you that you care, that you're going to give an important message. And it will give you more passion. Mm. So if we are nervous, then it means we care. And then when we go and speak, then we will speak with passion. Because Mm. of course, if we don't care, if I didn't care about your podcast and, ah, you know, it's it's 1 a.m. here. So it's like, I, and I'm not nervous at all. So I would just be, you know, sitting and speaking like this and, put people to sleep with my thoughts, <laughs> have like no passion at all. And like, I mean, I mean, of course this could be more of a meditation kind of voice. Yeah. <laughs> put them to sleep. Like, it's okay. I'm not saying that this is a bad tone of voice or anything, but if the speech is like that, it could be monotonous. It could really be boring. But I was a little bit nervous because, because it, it's, it's cool. I love being on podcast and I would love to, encourage and inspire your audience so i am passionate and it's good and at the same time we just need to learn how to channel this nervousness yeah. before we speak how to use it and, and leverage it to make it into a passion yes and to actually and to actually be excited because that's another trick that i tell everybody who are afraid of public speaking i said just think of it not as a fear but as excitement yeah because we all have the same you know that right we have the same reaction yeah 
of our body when we are excited about something and when we are afraid of something. I recently yeah. just asked a few of my clients, I said, oh, how do you remember a moment when you were really, really excited? So what was your body reaction to that? It's like this adrenaline up, your, your heart is pounding, right? It's like exciting moment. They were remembering yeah. meeting with a loved one or some exciting event or something. And yes, it's pounding heart and maybe even sweaty, sweaty palms and maybe even dry mouth and everything the same. The same that people have, that we have before an important speech when there's nervousness or fear of public speaking. Absolutely the same. So just sit there before a speech and tell yourself, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm just excited. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel this way. That's why I have this kind of reaction. So let's just be excited, go and passionately give that speech. And it works. It really works for me. I just sit down, breathe in and out several times and I enjoy this little bit of adrenaline. I almost get high on it and then I go and speak and it works. Yeah, it does because, you know, I've said this before to my audience as well, that, you know, it, it's the story that you're placing on the feeling, mm -hmm. you know, in your own mind. So if you tell yourself, tell your mind that it's excitement and not fear, mm -hmm. then you're changing the story. And, and that's exactly what happens. You know, okay. you, you start believing that it's excitement. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So it's all in our head. It depends on how you see it and what you believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I know we've been talking about public speaking, but I just want to make sure that, you know, anyone listening understands that this isn't just about standing on a stage either. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, so yeah. tell us other places that people get nervous about publicly speaking. Oh, one big thing now, especially during this pandemic is actually online yeah. like going live creating videos because there's so much that's going online online presentations online meetings that people have uh, teaching online and businesses they go online a lot of business people realize that they actually have to go live they have to inspire their audiences with videos and so a lot of people have to do it for the first time in their life <laughs> and yeah. Yes, I, I've been watching several of my clients actually do their first live in, mm. in their life. And it was exciting. And they shared how they feel powerful and inspired after doing it like heroes. Oh, that's that. amazing. I feel like a hero after doing it. Yes, they did it. So there's, there's nothing super hard about it. You just have to overcome this barrier you have to tell yourself that it's not about you it's about you telling your clients or your audience this message that you definitely have an important message whether you're talking about your product or your services or you just want to encourage them or you want to educate them maybe you want mm -hmm. to just give them some kind of information which of course we should before mm -hmm. we sell we we first right. inform and educate and entertain right and inspire so yeah. but for that you need to overcome that fear. You need to get on camera and start speaking to them. So just forget about yourself and talk to them and give that message and just do it. Basically, you just do it once and you do it twice. You'll fail. You'll maybe not look very good. I remember my first lives, they were horrible. Mine too. My <laughs> 
Yeah, there's this horrible bad lighting. I was sitting, slouching, and my hair was bad. And my client, well, my student's husband is a producer. He's actually a well-known producer here in Kiev, and he watched because we I know him too. Mm-hmm. And he watched my live, and he told her like, "Tell Natasha, this this is bad. No. <laughs> she shouldn't do it like that. She should create. Maybe I should come and help her with some lighting and some staging. And this is really horrible. Oh my <laughs> and god! I was, and when I first heard it, it was like, oh no. But then I was so thankful. I really, I bought lighting. I understood that I just had to have as much light as possible. Maybe even have just daylight is is good if yeah. you don't want to buy anything. But oh yes. Yeah, I it had was... I had a uh, someone say to me once, "I can't go live." Hmm. I said, "You can't go live." I said, "Well, what do you mean you can't? Like, walk me through." Mm-hmm. The, the steps of going live. So they did, you know, you open Facebook, you hit the live button, you type in your things and you hit the live, like you hit the button to go live. Yeah. I'm like, great. So what can't you do? And they were like, uh, uh, <laughs> well, exactly. I, I can't, I can do the steps. I'm like, great. So what's holding you back? Because it's not that you can't do it, it's that you won't do it. Yeah. So, you know, what are you, what are your fears? Let's talk about that, you know, because Mm -hmm. when you walk somebody through the very simple steps of physically doing something, especially like that going live, it's, you know, it's not that you can't, you can physically do it. It's not physical. It's all mental. It's all... It's the fear, absolutely, it's, it's mental. And it's the fear to fail. Yeah. Because mainly people are afraid of looking bad, doing it wrong, failing, and then being maybe judged. not being able, being judged, rejected, and not being able to come back to their image or whatever. So yeah. what is the remedy to that? Fail. Fail yeah. once, fail twice, three times, it's okay. And then, then you'll do better. Then you'll learn. And then you actually will be okay with failing. Yeah. I, I just sometimes love to tell people, just fall in love with failure. It's okay to fail. There's nothing wrong about it. It's actually good because yeah. every time you fail, you get closer to your success. So like, why be afraid of those failures? Yeah. yeah I, I always tell my clients, my audience that it's not failing, it's growing. Yeah, Absolutely. Like you're not, you don't fail until you stop trying. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, not happy with something that happened, what you did, you know, whatever, that's growth. That's learning. That's mm-hmm. knowledge. That's, you know, you moving forward. As long as you're taking the next step to do whatever it is that you didn't do the first time or tweak something or change something or whatever it is, yeah. you go yeah. do it again. Mm-hmm. There is no get failure. Feedback. Yes. Yeah. Just just listen to people, ask, get feedback from them, change, and then then do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember my very first live was my very first coach said to me, Oh, go do this live. And I'm like, <gasps> like literally, I think my throat literally closed when she said that to me. And my 
entire 27 inch monitor was covered with sticky notes, like every single word that I was going to say. Um, I, I stumbled over my words. I didn't sound like I was talking. I sounded like I was reading. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, it happens. It, the first time you do it, you're going to be a little nervous and that's okay. Mm -hmm. People love people that are authentic. First of all, exactly. It's normal. And another truth that we have to believe that people have to believe about public speaking is that your audience are on your side. They don't want you to fail because think of those movies when we watch somebody fail miserably and we cringe, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we watch them and we're just like, Oh, Oh no. I, I almost don't even want to see it. Like it's I know. Painful to watch that. <laughs> so who, who would want to put themselves in that kind of situation? Why would they want you to fail? They don't want you to fail. They're on your side. That's why just give them that message. Just talk to them and don't try to be perfect. They will accept you. They will like you. If you give them something useful and something yeah. helpful, well, and then so- they're on your side. And the best thing is, is to tell them, Hey, this is my first live and I'm yeah. a little nervous. So please bear with me, you know, like <laughs> yes. tell them the truth. You and know, they'll love you for that. They will because you're leading, you know, you're leading, you're showing them that, mm-hmm. you know, nervous or not, you're going to get on there and you're going to serve the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. And you they'll know? support and they'll encourage and think, Oh, you know, you're doing a great job. Oh yes. It's, it's yes. Super. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of your head and just go do it because you're going to see a lot more support than you think. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't believe how people can be. People are nice. (laughs) There are more nice people than we think there are in the world. (laughs) People are much nicer than we think. And actually one tip, I don't remember where I heard that. I haven't done that, but actually suggested it to some people if you're really afraid to go live and you don't want anybody to see create a group a facebook group which is really easy you you just create push you know click on that create button and Mm -hmm. then name your group test and and have nothing there have nobody there just you and then go live in that group (laughs) yeah and then watch it back i watch back all my lives Mm-hmm. I watch Me all too. my lives and it's not because I love, you know, I mean, I love myself and everything, but I don't know, you know, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It has to do with me because you don't hear your voice the same way everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So when you record something, you hear your voice the way everybody else does. And it almost sounds foreign to you. Right. So yeah. I listen to my own voice And then I listened to like what I said, how I was saying it, Mm -hmm. like my body language while I was doing the live for, to see what I can improve on. That's the perfect, that's the best public speaking technique actually is watch yourself. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's uncomfortable the first few times you do it. It Yeah. And at first it's like, Oh no, I did that. Oh. Yeah. Look at my face. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I doing this with my lips? Like recently, seriously, that was two days ago. So I've just been going live in the group. I'm doing this, this presentation bootcamp and we're finished now. And I've been doing it every day for three weeks. Mm. So I go live, I give them my tips that I teach. And then I watch my live. Yes, I watch myself because I have to 
you know, walk my talk. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell them, watch your videos, watch yourself on video. And so I watched myself. And then recently I noticed, why am I doing this with my lips? Like I started doing this new thing when I kind of almost squeeze my lips at certain moments during my speech. And I noticed and it was, it was not bad, but it was just strange to me. So yeah. I decided, okay, we'll stop doing it. But see, if you don't watch yourself and you don't know, like I knew way back that I was wrinkling my forehead. Mm. But if I didn't watch myself, I wouldn't know because I saw that on my videos, sometimes I would wrinkle my forehead. That's yeah. why I'm telling everybody, yes, watch, listen, see if you repeat the same phrases all the time. If your movements are too robotic, if you have a strange, weird gesture that you need to get rid of, for sure, you need to watch yourself. Yeah. You want to make sure you don't have like resting bitch face or anything either. You know, like you got to make sure you're smiling. You don't want to look like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't even know Marilyn Manson or, or Charles <laughs> Manson or anybody else Manson, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> you want yes, to... Mm -hmm. Like, especially I know that, you know, when people are nervous or they have fear inside them, their eyes open wide, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've noticed I did that. And I've noticed other people, you know, that are nervous that happens, like their eyes are mm -hmm. open really wide and they're just like, oh, you know, and looking at the camera and you're like, wow, relax. <laughs> yes. Relax. Shoulders down, yes. breathe, relax. Yeah. Exactly. But, it, yes. but it's okay. It's okay. Because that's again how we learn yes because this this frowning or open eyes it kind of eyebrows mm. you know weird shape when we when we are afraid and this strange people don't know we don't know that we have that on our face that face expression or that gesture if we don't watch ourselves and if we're not mindful about it that's why right. I'm telling everybody, just be aware and be more mindful about your gestures, about your face expression, because mm -hmm. we can watch ourselves, but then at the same time, we can kind of be mindful, even not when we are on video. Like, for example, when we are talking to our friends, right. pay attention to your gestures and pay attention to your face. Just think, okay, am I frowning right now? Am I wrinkling my forehead right now? or what's going on in my face? Because a lot yeah. of times we don't even know. And people will be looking at us and we think that we give them the message with our words, but people are looking at our face and our gestures and that's what they're reading. Yeah, <laughs> they're well, reading and it all ties so in together. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your words, your gestures, the tone of your voice, like the inflections in your voice, it all ties in to- Harmony, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So do you have a big, huge, giant tip for everyone before we wrap up? Anything else that you would just love to everyone to know? I would just love everybody to remember whether that's connected with presentation skills or with achieving a goal, an audacious goal, or any kind of dream you have. I would wish to help people understand that whatever is stopping them, whatever is in their way, it's, it just has to go, it has to be overcome. They need to get rid of that obstacle of, of that that is
stopping them because it's just, just my pain because I see so many people and some of my friends sharing with me that they want to change something in their life. They're so tired of sitting at home and being stuck in that job or that situation where they're in. They want to change, mm. but there's this big but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and different people have it differently. Some people have a fear of public speaking. This one friend of mine, she's afraid to go to job interviews. She wants to get a new job, but she has this fear to speak. And mm. then, yeah, that's why right now she's working on her public speaking. Then others, because they think that they are not good enough. Others think that they're not worthy of this success they were sharing because of their life story, because of what they didn't did in their life. Then other people, this Muslim girl that I was talking about, she she's just in a situation where she's in. She doesn't have time and her husband doesn't want her. So there is also a cultural thing and a family thing. So there are so many situations that stop you. But I think we can find a way. If If we really want change, we should go for that change. Yes. No matter what, just just find a way to go for that change. And if you fail, do it again. Then fail, then do it again. But yeah. don't give up. Just go for it. Go for the change. Go for that dream. Yeah. Because it can be too painful not to. Because you'll regret it and you'll, you'll hate yourself later if you don't. So just go for it. Yes. I totally, totally agree with that. And, you know, it's a lot of it is it's a fear because they're comfortable. So get, they have to leave their comfort zone to change the thing. Yeah. And that's scary because they don't know what's on the other side of that. But they want it, the only but, time you're going to get change one is if you take the actions to actually change. And two, the only time you're going to grow is when you get out of your comfort zone, you don't grow in your comfort zone. It's scary out there because, of course, we're so used to this, this stinky little comfortable <laughs> box where we're so used to, but it's all the same and the same and the same. And we don't want to get out there into this new world, which is scary and, and exciting and with so many opportunities, mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, pain. So right. We have to get out there. Yes, exactly. Natasha, thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your time and your amazing story and your amazing tips. We're all great. So thank you, Janessa. This, this was oh, my pleasure. So oh, much. <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, I think it's better to find me on my website, which is Natasha Bazilevich. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> can spell Natasha. But Bazilevich is a little tricky, so I tell I tell people it's like basil with a Z. Yeah. And and then E V Y C H. Yeah, and I'll link that in the show notes so everyone can get it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm the same Natasha Bazilevich on Facebook and awesome. Facebook and my website. Perfect. All right, Natasha. Again, thank you so much. And thank everyone you. else, if you are listening. I know you're listening because if you can hear my voice, you're listening, right? So snap a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram. And Natasha, you on Instagram? Yes. Okay. Tag Natasha on Instagram as well in your story when you post this there and tag us. And then if you have questions, as always, 
send DMs, send a pigeon, send whatever you'd like, and we will be happy to answer any questions that you have, but we'd love to know what kind of value you got out of this episode today. So with that, Natasha, again, thank you. And everyone else, I will see you on the next episode.